Hi and welcome. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear, a new podcast about Jewish food. I'll be covering topics as diverse as the latest Jewish food trends to Jewish food history. And I'll be talking with chefs, restaurant owners, farmers, food critics, and lots of people in between. Please send me your ideas for future shows. You can write to me at this email address, beth at thebigschmear.com. Schmear is spelled S-C-H-M-E-A-R, where you'll find information about giveaways and recipes that I'll share from some of my guests. I'm excited to get started with the show, so let me introduce my guest for this episode of The Big Schmear, titled Jewish Food and Healthy Ways, with my guest, Tanya Rosen. Tanya is the founder and owner of Nutrition by Tanya. She holds a master's degree from Brooklyn College and has certifications in pre- and postnatal fitness and nutrition, sports nutrition, as well as nutrition for special populations, including children and senior citizens. She has extensive knowledge and experience working with clients that have complex medical conditions, including eating disorders. As a trainer and group class instructor, Tanya has certifications in kickboxing, Pilates, boot camp, and step. With the motto that no two classes should ever be the same, Tanya is always bringing new routines and moves to her popular classes. Tanya is also the creator of the first ever Kosher Workout DVD series for women and girls, bringing her best workouts to the comfort of people's homes. Tanya writes for the Jewish Press and AMI Magazine. With almost 15 years of experience as a personal trainer, aerobics instructor, and nutritionist, Tanya directs the program with new ideas and her constant support and availability towards all her clients. Hi, Tanya, and welcome to The Big Schmear. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. I thought I would start out this episode with my usual first question, because it's a podcast about Jewish food, and that's certainly something that you're involved in. Can you tell me what your definition of Jewish food means to you? That's a great question. Um, Jewish food, I guess, is anything traditional. So it could be your uh, grandmother's chicken soup. It could be potato kugel. It could be the things that you associate with holidays or Shabbos. Um, I guess anything traditional or childhood memory related. That sounds like my kind of my definition as well. <laughs> could you tell me... Um, what the role of Jewish food has played in your life, which I'm thinking in a way is sort of the history of how your business started. So in my personal life growing up, it actually didn't play any role because I, I grew up in a home where my parents were not observant. So we didn't have any of this, you know, Shabbos food and holiday food and things like that. So not growing up, but once I got married and started observing the traditions, um, and kind of like deciding what will be our own traditions, it started playing a role then. And mostly it plays a role because 95% uh, of our clients are Orthodox Jews. So this is something they have a hard time with. This is something they need guidance with. They need to know how to work it into their life, yet still do well on their food plan. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how your business did get started, where, where the idea for it generated. And I mean, it's I know the history, but I don't know how quickly all these steps happen. But you have this, what seems to be this amazing, pretty serious and hefty business going on. It's not <laughs> just a simple little thing. Right. So it actually started not with food, but 
not with uh, traditional food, but actually with pregnancy. So 13 years ago when I was pregnant with my first child, I had gained 50 pounds. So that's five zero. <laughs> and in the process of losing it and just getting into healthy eating and starting to like exercise, I uh, fell in love with nutrition and I gave up my plans of going to law school and instead decided to go for nutrition. Whoa, big, big change. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you so when you decided to go for nutrition and you you slowly developed your business, did you feel like the, this niche of focusing on kosher food and kosher issues and ortho, the way orthodox, um, what, the way the orthodox population thinks about culture and food and all of that, did you feel that that was a limiting, were you, did you have concerns that that might be a limiting kind of focus to start your business or has that was that never even an issue for you so I didn't think much about it I just knew that this is what I wanted to do and I tend to be a little spontaneous a lot spontaneous so when I get an idea I just do it and I don't really think much about it I didn't think about it but living in Brooklyn you cannot be limited with you know working with the Jewish population maybe if I was living in Nebraska or Oklahoma or whatever but I'm in Brooklyn this is like the center of Jewish world so uh, it's not limiting at all and, and you probably didn't know this, but I actually did live in Nebraska. Oh, <laughs> right. So you can relate. I can relate on a very personal level. I just randomly named uh, anywhere. Yeah. But wow. <laughs> uh, and Jewish people there, but not that many. So um, yeah. so there I would be limited, right? Yeah. But actually, um, you didn't mention this in the beginning, so I'll just mention it. Aside from Brooklyn, we have seven other locations, and they're all in Jewish areas like Lakewood, New Jersey, and Muncie, and Monroe, which is upstate, and um, Williamsburg, and Crown Heights. These are all Jewish areas. So even going outside of Brooklyn to our other seven locations, we're still not limited because there are so many Jewish people that appreciate that we understand their lifestyle. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about what your business entails. So it's not just trainings. I mean, it's not just physical training and workouts, but it's also a lot of nutrition and You've got a store. and So maybe talk a little bit about that. Okay. So, yeah. So the main thing that we do is we do nutrition counseling, which means that a client will come in and we'll go through a 45-minute evaluation one-on-one. Uh, we'll ask, you know, the history, um, what kind of diets they've done in the past, what their goals are, any medical conditions, anything like that. And based on that, the client will walk away that day with a customized plan for him or her. So we'll take everything that they've said into account and we'll make a customized plan for them. And uh, then they continue to come in for monitoring and follow-up. So that's really our main thing, nutrition. Um, aside for that, we also have a line of food products. Um, we have muffins. We have cheesecake. We have soup. We even have potato kugel, speaking of traditional Whoa. Jewish foods. <laughs> um, you know, we have, we have cookies just to make people's life easier, mm-hmm. you know, because dieting doesn't have to be hard. So we have that whole food line going on. And then we have the exercise component as well. Whoa. And... I'm guessing that people don't have to live in New York. They could do your exercise DVDs if they lived out of the area. Oh, yeah. We work with clients from all over the world. We have phone sessions. uh, We have email sessions. We work from people from everywhere. Not Nebraska yet, (laughs) but pretty much. Soon, soon maybe. Maybe, but pretty much uh, anywhere else. Other countries even. Really? Mm -hmm. And would you say that... Three-fourths of your clientele keep kosher. Maybe maybe you don't even know. Maybe it's Yeah, not even I would a say like 95%. Yeah. So you don't have to keep kosher to talk to you. But, no. But most people are... It just happens to be, yes, that, you know, but of course we've had clients who, 
don't keep kosher and we've been able to you know tell them how much shrimp to have or how yes. much pork to have you know uh-huh oh all right well that's great <laughs> that's great because people could hear you and just think oh this is the person who i know i need to talk to about <laughs> no seriously right. you know right people connect w- with services on all different levels and hearing somebody's voice can be one of those ways so for me Cooking and eating traditional Ashkenazi food is a way for me to connect with my past. I have memories of holiday meals with my family growing up as a kid. And then, of course, I also built new traditions with my husband and daughter. And so I'm wondering, when you cook traditional foods at home with your family, on a personal level, what is that? How do you connect with that food? Is it a spiritual thing for you? Is it a way for you that you connect with your family memories or is it something totally different than that? Well, let's start off with the fact that I personally don't cook. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I used to. I could. But my husband actually took over about eight years ago when, you know, work life just got crazy. Yay so, for you. And that's so fabulous. Yeah. So he actually does all the cooking and he's really, really good at it. So I haven't cooked in a really long time. So whenever I give out recipes and people are like, is it good? I'm like, I think it's good. The, the <laughs> recipe is good. Nutrition-wise, it's good, but I didn't make it. So I don't have a personal thing with cooking. However, you know, obviously we celebrate Chavez and we celebrate all the holidays. Sure. And there are traditional foods that come along with every single holiday. You know, like Rosh Hashanah has its own and, and Passover has its own foods. So yes, of course, I enjoy them and I tell my clients to enjoy them too. I just prepare them for how to enjoy it in moderation without damaging your um, eating plans. So on a, on a personal level, do you have a holiday meal story that you want to share? Some It could be a funny story. It could be a heartwarming story. It could be any kind of story. But um, do you have a, a story that you might share with our listeners about some holiday meal? <laughs> Actually, Ron Rosh Hashanah, my, my son, who was two years old, who was a year and a half, went missing. Oh, no. He disappeared for like three minutes, which when a kid is one and a half, that feels like about 10 hours of your life. So even though he's turning 13 and he's going to be um, a bar mitzvah boy soon, God willing, I, I really, every Rosh Hashanah, I, I, I literally get chills like when I don't know where he is for a second. It's just an association. It's not food related. But <laughs> if you're asking me to remember like an emotional moment about a holiday, it would be that. Whoa. And where where was <laughs> he? He was hiding under a table. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, do you have do you have a favorite traditional food, you personally? My favorite food is French fries. It's not a traditional food, but my favorite food that I would love to eat if I wouldn't gain weight from it would be French fries. So that is my biggest weakness, and my husband actually makes them fresh for the kids all the time, and I have to smell it and resist it, and it's really hard. That's my favorite food. But a traditional food, I mean, I enjoy it all. Like, I enjoy it because... I like things in small amounts. I have a little bit of like a self-diagnosed ADD. I diagnose myself where like I can't handle anything in large amounts. So, you know, Rosh Hashanah is nice. You dip the apple in the honey, you move on. Next holiday, you sit in a sukkah, you move on. Passover, you have a little matzah, you move on. Like if it lasted a year, I would get sick of it. But I like it all. I like the, that, you know, just like I like change of season. I like the holiday and then we move on to the next. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) And it's so, that's such a healthy philosophy. I wish I could... do that myself what move on yeah no not move on but just have a you know like think about not all the apples and all the honey and not the whole thing of kugel but you know you just right well there's you know there's a saying that the first bite is the second bite doesn't taste any different than the first bite 
meaning you have a little bit, and then the second bite is really literally the same thing as the first. So if it's just a matter of tradition and of tasting it, you know, you got that with the first bite or with the first apple. Oh, you are so smart. <laughs> That's why I have you as the guest. That's it's why you're the professional. It's easier said than done. Yeah. It's yeah. easier said than done. When you're sitting there for hours and everyone else is indulging, it's very hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, it's that's true. So, I, of course, I can't tell when people are going to be listening to this episode. But for us now, when we're recording, it is Passover just around the corner. And I'm wondering if you could give our listeners some advice about how to think about eating during this holiday time. So it's, it's you know, during the, during the actual holiday of Passover and how do you eat healthy and enjoy food. And then also, how do you get back on that healthy track if you fell off? Afterwards, it's probably not as simple as just not eating matzah anymore. So the only thing, well, two things are different about Passover. One is that you eat matzah, and two is that you can't eat bread. So the not eating bread part is not the hard part. The matzah part is that um, if you, we do allow bread on the plant. So we just tell people to count every square matzah as two breads. So if they're allowed one bread on their plant, it's a half a matzah. If they're allowed two breads, it's a whole matzah. And you just figure it out accordingly. And otherwise, if you do protein and vegetables and drink a lot of water, it's really not that different. The only other hard thing is that some of your favorite products, which are on the plan, are not available. So, for example, a lot of people love our muffins. You know, they can't have them or they love, you know, kind bars, which are on our plan and they're not kosher for Passover. So we we actually have a Passover workshop every single year. And we prepare our clients for what to do instead. So we'll go to the supermarket and we'll have different finds and we'll prepare them for what to do instead. And it just takes a little bit of planning, but it's not, it, it should not take over your life. It's not rocket science is what no, you're saying. No, People make a big deal about it, but it's really not. Well, that's hopeful for, for, <laughs> for many of us, right? Tell, if you could tell me, we talked, we talked about your business We talked about all these things that are components of it. I wonder if you could tell people how they could be in touch with you you if they wanted to be, whether it be shopping or for counseling, how would they best reach you? So the website is uh, nutritionbytanya.com. And then our phone number is 844-TANYA-DIET, which is 844-826-9234. And our email address is info at nutritionbytanya.com. I'd like to ask you if, because I now know that you travel somewhat, um, I don't know how extensively, but do you have a Jewish food restaurant anywhere in the world that is a favorite of yours? Well, I only go to kosher restaurants, keep that in mind. So I don't travel much because I hate flying, but I did love what we were discussing before. I love shallots in Chicago. That was very different. We also have, like, what we do is is we go into restaurants and we, so to speak, it's called tap Tanya Proof Product, tap their menu. So we're going to pick the best, healthiest options and put our logo on it. So we have quite a few restaurants that we've done that with. So I do prefer to go to those restaurants because I know I can order something healthy. But I also can't go, I can't eat not healthy in public because someone always recognizes me. So <laughs> I can't, I simply can't. Even when I was in Chicago, I saw people that I knew. Really? So I, I can't, even if I have a good pressure where I can't eat French fries in public, only in private sometimes. Don't oh, tell no. anyone. So <laughs> I don't have, you know, that option, but I really love the Loft Steakhouse in Bar Park. 
I love Nori Sushi and I love Pescara. These are all restaurants that have our menu. So I know that I can eat delicious, gourmet, healthy food and not gain any weight from it and not feel guilty about it. Can you explain what you mean by TAP? Are you, what do you yeah, do with so the menu? TAP is an acronym. It stands for Tanya Approved Product. And basically what we'll do is, is we'll go into a restaurant and we'll analyze their menu. So we literally grill the chefs and we'll be like, how much flour did you put? How much oil did you put? Can you use less oil? Can you use less sugar? Can you weigh the fish and make it four ounces instead of eight? And then we'll pick, either we'll take what they have and choose the best and put our logo on it, or we'll completely revamp their menu. Depends on how much work they're willing to put into this. And then our clients can go to these restaurants and sit down and see our logo on the items that they should be ordering. So if I were to go in that restaurant and look at the menu, your logo would actually be physically on the on best menu. items. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And the restaurants had no trouble letting you into that. It's That's... actually good for them because we're living in a very health conscious society where everyone wants to be healthier and everyone's on a diet and. If my clients know that they can go to these restaurants, sure. Not only will they go, but they're gonna be less. They're gonna be more likely to go there on a on the date with their husband or on an outing with their family or with their friends because this is where they could eat. So they're gonna take along everyone else just because this is where they could eat. So it's actually good for the restaurant. That's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't realize you did that. Yeah, I have a question that is seemingly maybe somewhat random. Um, but we're talking about your list of approved foods and all mm-hmm. of that. For the average person that you talk to, one of your nutrition clients, do you have kind of a go-to list of what you should always have in your house, whether it be for snacks or, I don't know, but is there, do you know what I mean? Is there something that you want, you, you would expect your clients would always have? If they're going to be eating healthy, you know that they should have these standard things. Water, fruits, vegetables, and then everything else is customized. So, you know, someone might say she loves peanut butter and someone might say she's lactose intolerant. Someone might say she loves cheese. You know, everyone is so different. Like we work with anywhere between the ages of five to we've had almost 90 years old. And we have, you know, men, women, kids, health issues. So the the plans vary so much, Mm -hmm. you know. Someone might need a glass of wine every night, so they better make sure to have that. Someone might need their pizza once a week, so they better make sure to have that if there's no pizza store nearby. So aside for water, fruits, and vegetables, it's totally customized. Well, it's um, it's a great service. <laughs> it really is. Great. I agree. <laughs> I must say so myself, yeah. <laughs> um, well, this has been so fun. Yeah, same here. Um, I hope we can do it again. <laughs> I'm really happy to have the opportunity to talk with you. And I'm excited to see how your business is going to grow. I'm going to watch your website. Thank you. Maybe, maybe we'll be in Chicago one day. I was just going to say, maybe if you come to Chicago, we'll, we'll um, talk again. <laughs> and I'll be in New York again, I know. I want, But before I say goodbye, I want to let everybody know that Tanya is going to share a recipe with all of you, which I'm excited about. And once you hear what it is, you will be excited. Um, She has a great recipe for peanut butter muffins that are high in protein and have the right kind of fat so you can enjoy them and not feel guilty. And she's going to share that with all of you uh, when you write to me. And you're going to write to me at BethTheBigSchmear.com to request a copy of the recipe. And you're going to be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you'll be able to hear about this and all the other episodes that we have you'll be able to find us on all your favorite podcast platforms 
This episode of The Big Schmear was recorded at Malcolm Addy Studios with recording engineer Malcolm Addy. Our theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo. Their music can be heard on their CD, Sephardic Journey, on the CD record label. Please write and tell me what you think of the show. Request Tanya's recipe or any recipe from our previous guests. And do tell me the name of your favorite Jewish food restaurant and where in the world they're located so I can share this restaurant list with all of you. My email address is beth at thebigschmear.com and visit my website, thebigschmear.blueberry.com, where you can download episodes of the podcast. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear, and thank you for listening. <laughs>